Hello, and welcome to The Midlife with Kimberly Sampson and Tracy Feldstein. If you're over 40 and under dead, you're in the right place. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Sampson, and welcome to The Midlife Podcast, where we discuss tools and strategies to turn your midlife crisis into your midlife transformation. Some of what you'll hear is from the recipe I use to get myself out of my own midlife funk. Some of what we'll discuss draws on my career in finance and banking and my experiences with entrepreneurship. All of it, my personal experience and my professional expertise are yours to help you design your next best chapter and thrive. We'll also have a special segment called Reinvented sprinkled in every few weeks. You'll hear from inspiring women who have changed course after 40, proving it's never too late to start something new. Join me. Welcome to episode 26 of The Midlife. This seemed like a good week to talk about what to do when you get off track. I think we're all feeling a little tapped out at this point. I have yet to have a conversation with anyone this week that isn't feeling pretty drained. The year is slowly coming to a close, but I'm not sure we're going to have that jolt of starting a new year to refresh ourselves. So it's increasingly important to have that internal motivation and skills to keep yourself motivated, optimistic, and constantly improving. And that takes a lot of energy. Believe me, I know. There's some fairly general categories for the components that make up our day. Family and home, work, health, and personal. The most efficient way to keep on top of all the demands of life is to compartmentalize tasks by batch processing and to implement rock-solid habits into your daily routine. But we are human, so we get tired and bored and distracted, and then we feel guilty, sad, and angry. So here's some guidance on what to do when your greatest intentions and best laid plans devolve into a Netflix or ice cream binge or a sleep marathon or a complete abandonment of your exercise equipment. Number one, forgive yourself. You're so hard on yourself. You're like the worst boss you've ever worked for. Is it any wonder that you live in fear of making a mistake or misstep? How can you expect yourself to do your best possible work when your boss, you, expects you to fuck up no matter what? So then it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? See, I told you you wouldn't stick with it. You never stick with it. Punch, kick, spit. You suck. Ugh, I'd quit too. Number two, acknowledge your humanity. You are not a robot. Although here's a little tip. I find it helpful to be robotic in this way. Examine your programming. Computers are programmed with if-then statements. We are too. The problem is that a lot of our programming feels like it was installed by Ukrainian hackers seeking to undermine your peaceful way of life. I guess I shouldn't joke like that these days, lest I end up a quotable source on a conspiracy website. But take a look at your triggers. How often does boredom or procrastination lead you down the rabbit hole? It's time to interrupt and reprogram those pathways. One way you can do this is to design an onboarding sequence for the activities you want to be doing. Here's a really oversimplified example from my real life. I want to drink a glass of water and take my vitamins first thing when I wake up. I'm not kidding you when I tell you that the only way this actually happens is if I bring my water glass from the bedroom to the kitchen first thing in the morning. I realize I could take a fresh glass to do this, but I won't because I know I already have a glass I've used floating around the house. This is mentally deranged and ridiculous, but I am nothing if not self-aware. So I don't walk out of my bedroom without my nighttime water glass so that I take my vitamins and drink my first glass of water. That's my onboarding sequence for the day. 
So take a look at the tasks you want to achieve and work backwards to create a ritual onboarding experience to lead you to that task. Sometimes it is something as simple as one step. Don't forget to grab your water glass from the nightstand. Number three, use any excuse for a fresh start. That's why people like New Year's resolutions. But you don't have to wait for resolutions. You can bite off fresh starts at the cheesy point or the crunchy crust. I won't tell. There's a technique in meditation for when your thoughts start randomly swishing by when instead you're supposed to have an empty mind. You acknowledge that you're thinking or daydreaming or plotting or whatever, and then just begin again. That concept can be applied here too. There are many entry points to starting or restarting a fresh habit. I know the boomtown rats don't like Mondays, but I do. Starting a new week is the perfect time to get your shit together. So is Tuesday or Thursday. Deep breath, fresh start, available to you whenever you need it. Number four. Get clear about the purpose behind your intended action. If you're exercising because you're supposed to, good luck. If you're exercising because you want to look good, eh, maybe you'll have some luck. But if you're exercising because you know how amazing you feel afterward in a love shower of endorphins and sweat, you're a whole lot more likely to want to do it on a regular basis. You have to have a bookmark for these feelings. With exercise in particular, try this little reminder. When you're finished, say to yourself, I feel incredible. I wish I could feel like this all the time. I can't wait to feel like this again. Similarly, when you need a little convincing to exercise, just say the reverse. I know I feel incredible when I exercise. I can't wait to feel that way again. Your brain is actually the biggest sucker for just a few encouraging words. So often we fall short on our habits because we're distracted by procrastination. When you're procrastinating, it's usually producing the exact opposite effect of what you think it is. You think you procrastinate to save you from the tasks that you don't want to do, but the truth is the relief you will have at completion far outweighs the anxiety and pain you're creating yourself by not just doing what you're supposed to. When you find yourself procrastinating, dose yourself with some of these same feel-good thoughts. I'm going to be so happy when I've completed XYZ. I'll feel so accomplished. I'll be one step closer to my goal. Your brain loves a little sweet talk. Number five, don't knock a reward system. It is possible that you can be bribed. There's no shame in that. And I'm all for setting habit goals and a corresponding prize for completion. But consider using a little delayed gratification. We're all a little too used to being able to dial up just about anything our hearts desire at our fingertips. Why not put off that purchase or beauty treatment or treat until after you've earned it for yourself? Number six, find an accountability partner. Isn't it ironic that we are likely the taskmasters of our households, keeping everyone on track and in line, and yet we rebel hard against our own best suggestions? I'm a huge fan of finding a friend or a coach that holds you accountable to the goals that you set for yourself. Look, you're a grown-up and you don't need somebody else setting a plan for you. You have all the tools to figure out what you want and how to get it. An accountability partner is there to support you, remind you what your intentions were, and most importantly, to help you celebrate when you check off those boxes. Number seven, surround yourself with people moving at your same speed, or better yet, people who are moving ever so slightly faster than you are. The hive mind is powerful, frankly, for good or evil. But when you join a community of like-minded people, your energy is multiplied and you become more productive, more inspired, and frankly, happier. And most importantly, in the words of Curly from City Slickers, number eight is one thing. That's really all it takes to get back on track. P 
pick one thing. All too often, I see women think they're going to turn it all around in one fell swoop by fixing everything all at once. That is a recipe for disappointment and derailment. Just pick one thing. You know, there's only seven weeks left in this year. That sounds like both nothing, and yet it's a lot of time to turn this year around and be ready for a great 2021. So if you're feeling off track, pick just one thing to concentrate on until the end of the year. Now, if you're looking to knock numbers six, seven, and eight out right away, join my private Facebook group, Muddling Through the Midlife. There's a post in the group for you to share your one thing in a community of supportive women all looking to live their next best chapter. Now, I'm doing my best to stay on track and finish out this year with purpose and energy, so there's a lot upcoming from the midlife. The first is a workshop I'm putting on next week called Midlife Marriage, Let's Get Real. If you know anything about me so far, you know this is going to be a raw and honest conversation, but you're going to leave with actionable ideas. I'm limiting the number of spots so that you can get the most out of our time together. It's going to be a juicy and open dialogue. If you're feeling a little frustrated with your long-term marriage, don't miss this opportunity. You can read all about the workshop and sign up on my website, www.themidlife.co. I'm also getting ready to open up enrollment to Midlife Reimagined, Design Your Next Best Chapter. The feedback on the program has been incredible, and here's a little inside scoop. I'm going to extend a Cyber Monday gift on the 2021 enrollment fee to my email subscribers. If you don't get my emails, head over to www.themidlife.co and join. I don't want you to miss out. So this week is short and sweet, and it was actually a huge source of stress for me. Mostly I'm getting amazing feedback about the podcast, and that's really fun and motivating for me to know that I'm making a difference for people. But I did get a message that someone didn't like that my episodes are short. So I really had a hard time after I'd planned this episode out. But here's the thing. I'm not a windbag. And I think that's why most of you are here. I have very definite opinions, and I have a very direct and concise way of communicating them. This is not just in my podcast, but in my coaching, courses, and everyday life. I can assure you that no one has ever been left wondering what I think about a subject or confused about what I meant. So here's my disclaimer for today and evermore. I'm here to say what I have to say in the most efficient way possible. My goal is for you to get a worthwhile morsel that may apply to you and that you can incorporate in some small way to improve your life. If an episode doesn't necessarily apply to you, I hope you at least get a giggle in and feel that the 10 to 15 minutes that we spent together was still worthwhile and that you at a minimum still received my love and energy. Now, if you want to discuss anything from today's episode or any episode more in depth, my door is always open to you. I do respond to emails, DMs, or posts in the Facebook group. And in the grand scheme of things, I choose to believe that what that woman really meant to say is that she just wants more of a good thing. So I hope she and you will be back next week for another episode of The Midlife.